0: Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where I profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the resources that are shaping their thinking and inspiring their practice. For show notes and links from each episode, visit TeachersOnFire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Kavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Eric Youngman. Eric is a curriculum director and principal at the Libertyville School District in the greater Chicago area. He advocates for continuous learning, feedback, growth mindset, metacognition, innovation, and visible learning. All the good stuff. Follow Dr. Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Youngman. Dr. Eric, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Absolutely. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. I've been following you for some time, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your work and what you're all about. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current context in education?
1: Well, I'm honored to be part of your enlightening conversations with educators, Um, but I previously taught first grade and was an assistant principal and principal. Uh, but currently I'm the Director of Curriculum, Instruction, and Assessment in Libertyville, Illinois. Libertyville is a suburb about 35 miles north of Chicago. Our school district has about 2,300 students distributed among four elementary schools and one middle school. As my job title indicates, I am responsible for guiding decisions regarding curriculum, instruction, and assessment for our kindergarten through eighth grade students. Recent areas of focus include guiding discussions regarding our new instructional coaches, self-directed learning day parameters if school is canceled and students work from home, homework belief statements, and updated instructional resources and professional development for science, language arts, and social studies. That is quite the list of
0: responsibilities and you know the one that jumped out at me there is the self-directed learning days when school is cancelled. I, I hope we have a chance to unpack that a little bit further but before we go there let's talk about some adversity that you've faced somewhere along your educational journey. Share with us a low moment and talk about what that was like when you were at your lowest and then explain how you overcame it as well.
1: I'm thankful that I've had a positive education career, um, but I want to focus on a trend that I continue to encounter. So change is a recurring theme that educators encounter, and that can lead to low moments or it could be tremendous opportunities. So federal and state decisions and recommendations about best practices and recommendations about preparing students to be future ready and evolving technology are all sparking awesome conversations about significant changes now and in the future. But I'm reminded how critical it is to have continuous learning mindset to embrace change, as well as having a shared vision, collaboration, communication, support, and always explaining why the change is needed and why it could be beneficial.
0: You're in such an interesting position as a director of curriculum and instruction. You must hear sometimes in response but this is the way we've always done it or or similar versions. Do you ever get that?
1: Absolutely. And I've heard it <laughs> enough. Why are we doing it? And that's why that's such a major focus for any initiative or change.
0: Eric, if you could help learners grasp one thing about the growth mindset, what would it be? I'm asking you this because you are an established authority, I feel, on the growth mindset. Your head is in that space a lot. So you know, I'm sure we could spend hours sort of unpacking it. It's a fascinating area for me as well. But if there was one essential truth, maybe that you would want learners to understand
1: about it, what would it be? In general, I help learners, athletes, and educators understand that a growth mindset is a powerful shift in thinking. Don't just learn from mistakes, rather reflect throughout the day and seek feedback to spark learning from every activity for continuous improvement. Even if you perform well, you can always enhance quality or efficiency if you intentionally scrutinize the tiny details from a variety of perspectives. I know your questions focus mostly on education, but growth mindset definitely is beneficial for athletics as well. I grew up playing sports and continue to coach my three daughters for soccer, basketball, and golf. So I frequently focus on perseverance and reflection.
0: That is such a powerful idea. And it reminds me that, you know, if we can get our learners to a place where they are actually hungry, when they're taking the initiative and seeking feedback, that's a powerful moment, a powerful reality in their growth and learning, isn't it? Dr. Eric, what is something you would like to see teachers do more of in order to build the metacognitive skills for their learners?
1: Kind of related to that reflection component, but really it's just creating, modeling, and using common vocabulary. So a lot of things I create for Twitter kind of has a foundation in just some common language. But if students and teachers are empowered to be aware of and reflect about and analyze and self-regulate their learning, thinking, and performance, it can be beneficial. If we provide opportunities for choice that can enhance ownership and encourages monitoring success and correcting errors when appropriate, all of which are necessary for effective and intentional learning. Students should learn to monitor and direct their own progress, asking questions about effectiveness or alternative options, In general, this can help students avoid persevering in unproductive approaches. That
0: is awesome. It it makes me think of the difference between error and mistake. I don't know if you've ever come across that, but I, I heard that for the first time at a visible learning math workshop in the fall, just helping our learners understand that distinction between actually having an error in process, going astray in their calculation process, or simply making that, you know, that little blip, that mental... I'm trying not to say error here, (laughs) but you know, just that little slip that we all do because we're human. And even something as subtle as that can dramatically increase learning in the classroom. So I like what you're talking about there in terms of finding that common language and becoming more reflective as a result.
1: And a favorite quote that kind of relates to that is people talk about fail, where you think of it as your first attempt in learning. So I like to focus on it that way.
0: That is an awesome acronym. I need to put that up in my classroom. So thank you for that. What excites you, Dr. Eric, about education today? So here we're zooming out or maybe we're zooming in. This could be a big picture sort of an issue or
1: something you see happening to great effect right there in the classroom. I think we're zooming out because there is amazing potential for education right now. There's books, there's journal articles, there's Twitter, education conferences. They're all empowering reflective discussions about pertinent topics such as leveraging technology, Empowering student choice and voice, equity, personalized learning. And lately, there's been a lot of discussions about competency based learning. So I'm excited to be an education leader who's involved in these discussions so we can collaboratively continue to improve education while inspiring students now, but also in the future.
0: Uh. So much good stuff there.
1: Dr. Eric, how are you looking to grow
0: professionally and improve in your practice this year? Can you share with us about a specific goal or an
1: area that you're working on? I'm ready to take some risks. So my goal is to share my perspective and learning with other educators more than I have before. So I've already started making progress, but I'll have to revisit my commitment in a few months to make sure I continue. Uh, But this interview is an amazing experience and a great opportunity for me to share my perspectives on different education topics. I create and share recommendations on Twitter, um, especially about leadership, growth mindset, meaningful homework, and effective grading. I will present about homework at the March ASCD conference in Chicago. And then I'm writing an article about homework for an online magazine right now. And I'm connecting with a few authors as I explore trying to write and publish a book.
0: That is so refreshing to hear that... Even as a PhD and curriculum director, you are setting your sights much, much higher even than where you are now. So that is inspiring as well. Outside of education. So let's take it right out of the school or out of the district. What's another area of learning for you? What is it that ignites your passions outside of the school area? Tell us why this area interests you and why it makes you feel alive.
1: Well, I definitely love sports. So that's what I would love to talk about. But for this podcast, it's probably about leadership. Um, As an aspiring superintendent and current curriculum director, I love to learn from successful leaders to better understand their advice about effective leadership. I especially am motivated by the quotations, lists and recommendations. So I spent a lot of time on Twitter, learning a lot about leadership.
0: Okay. Well, that is certainly part of your big
1: picture, but I'm going to take you back to the sports
0: area, Eric, just for fun. If you don't mind, tell us about, now, do you cheer
1: for Chicago area teams? That's probably a challenging topic because I grew up in Wisconsin, but I live in Illinois. Oh boy. So I'm rooting for all of them, but my priority and preference is with the Cubs and the Packers. But this year, I actually went to more Chicago Bears games than Packer games.
0: Okay, yeah, you have to be careful, right? You don't want to alienate the, the good folks and family back in Green Bay or, or wherever the, <laughs> wherever you're hailing from in Wisconsin, but you've got some... Lots of passionate discussions for sure. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And then as a curriculum director, you know, with a lot of responsibilities and, and areas and... and you know, different types of work going on. Share with us about a personal habit or productivity hack that contributes to your success.
1: My productivity hack is all about maximizing time as I balance work and family time with my three daughters. So I call it multitasking education research exercise. So I listen to a podcast at maximum speed. That might be why I talk so quickly all the time. Um, so I can listen efficiently while I'm also walking on the elliptical. Um, While I'm also reviewing Twitter on my phone in the morning and at night um, so I can learn about other educators, schools and leaders and writers and speakers, I take notes on my phones um, to remember innovative ideas or resources to explore. Um, but starting and ending my day with Twitter definitely inspires continuous learning and reflection and empowers me to collaborate with other educators and leaders literally all over the world. You know, I don't have my phone with me at the moment, but can you just tell well, first of all, are you on an
0: iPhone? Yes. Okay. So tell me more about that because I have a few friends who do that and, and I maybe I need to give that more attention. Do you? So you say you listen to podcasts at... I mean, what do you set it at? One and a half speed, two
1: times speed or how? I set it at two times speed and I can listen to your 30 minute podcast in 10 minutes. Wow. (laughs) Okay,
0: I I I I, I can't wait to try that. All right. Now, we're going to move into some quick picks, so we'll, we'll keep this fairly brief, and I'll try to do less talking here, but uh, starting at Twitter, tell us about someone there that we should follow and share why they've been inspiring you lately.
1: There's a lot of them out there, but definitely George Kuros. Um, I've listened to George's empowering presentations for our school district and also at other conferences, and I appreciate his recommendations that provoke reflection and his Twitter posts that have also introduced me to other educators, such as John Spencer, Katie Martin and Dan Rockwell. George rocks.
0: Point us to an ed tech tool that you're using in your own practice or or maybe one that you see teachers using as well.
1: Currently, Google Slides. Um, I can create images from Google Slides that I share on Twitter. And then I also like the add-on features like Pear Deck. So my Google slide presentations can leverage active participation and can be interactive. I love that Pear Deck add-on as well.
0: Recommend a book, one that you've been reading lately, or maybe one of your all-time faves and tell us why
1: you recommend it. I recommend two books. Okay. So Rethinking Homework by Kathy Vatterot and On Your Mark by Thomas Gusky. Um, the books and authors have had a major impact on my professional growth Dr. Gusky's work inspired and guided my dissertation about effective grading, and Dr. Vaderot's books have guided my understanding about grading and homework. Kathy has also made time to talk with me about writing and presenting about homework, so I continue to appreciate her knowledge and support. Okay. Now,
0: you mentioned your dissertation. Can you tell us what that focused on?
1: It basically was about parents' perspectives of effective grading, and our district is using standards-based report cards for kindergarten through fifth grade students. And so understanding not even about standards-based report cards, but now I guide my presentations about what does effective grading look like.
0: Wow. That is exciting stuff. I am biting my tongue here. Moving on. I'd love to talk about going gradeless and yeah, but you know what? We're going to to continue this conversation. Next on the list, uh, Dr. Eric, my next question for you is about podcasts. So tell us about one that we need to
1: add to our commute. Obviously, I like Teachers on Fire, but two other recent podcasts that I've been listening to are Better Leaders, Better Schools, and The Wired Educator. But honestly, as you contacted me to interview me, um, I was aware and thinking because I listened to your other podcasts that you always ask about podcasts. So that was kind of nice because it inspired me to revisit and listen and look for some good ones.
0: Well, I love that and uh, thanks so much for that feedback. You know, it's it's actually really really encouraging to hear how the listeners are engaging and and sort of where it's where some of this content is sending your thoughts. So I really appreciate that. The last question, Dr. Eric, is just a fun one. What are you watching
1: on Netflix right now? Probably a boring response. My wife and daughters <laughs> enjoy Netflix, but I relax by watching golf, basketball, and football. So I only watch the occasional movie on Netflix. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Keeping with the sports and and the
0: the real life entertainment, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Dr. Eric, this has been fun. I'm just so thrilled that we finally had the opportunity to chat uh, here over audio, not in person yet. Maybe that will come someday, but what are the best ways for the listeners to follow you and get more of that great content?
1: I'm contemplating creating other connection opportunities, but currently the best way to collaboratively learn with me is by following me on Twitter, um, at sign Eric underscore Youngman. Okay, easy enough. Sounds good, Eric. And again, thank you so much for sharing
0: your time with the Teachers on Fire podcast today. This has been really good for me to just think through my own practices and I know it's been valuable for the Teachers on Fire audience. So again, if you are listening and you're interested in growth mindset, metacognition, visible learning, and all of these other juicy topics that are making big waves in education and for good reason, make sure you give Eric a
1: follow eric take care and let's talk again soon absolutely i enjoyed the discussion tim thank you and like i tell my daughters be kind curious and creative
0: thanks so much for joining me here today on the teachers on fire podcast for show notes and links from this episode visit teachersonfire.net you can also follow the show at teachers on fire on twitter instagram facebook and medium and again please do subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Kavey, saying goodbye for now. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.